purpose. Uh, we always like to confess uh, sunshine because every time we have evening service, no preparation. No. So sunshine will always come and sing. And now it's Eunice. I don't know who's next. When Eunice will be married, she cannot do it anymore. MJ <laughs> 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 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 to verse number 25. Um, let's read this responsibly. I'll read verse number 17, you respond verse number 18. Um, let's all stand, please, if you can. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 17 to 25. I'll read verse 17, you respond verse number 18 and onwards. <clears throat> Bible says, if you are there, verse number 17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. <clears throat> For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God, and the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. To divide together because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. My focus tonight is about verse number 18 for the preaching of the cross to, is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you, Lord once again for bringing us together into this place. Thank you, Father, that you have provided us a place where we can worship you. And Lord, it is our joy and it is a blessing to our hearts. And to see, O oh God, that this is the way you want it to be. This is the way, Lord, that your people must gather together and must um, um, search the scripture and, and learn things from the Bible. And that, Lord, um, you, will, you will reward those people, O oh God, that uh, that are diligent and those people who fear your name and thank you Lord that you have gathered us together thank you that um, the preaching of the gospel um, um, is the power of God and to salvation and Lord um, all of us if not all of us Lord if there be anyone here that is not saved I pray that he will consider to come to Christ tonight but Lord we know that all of us that have come to Christ um, we become part of the family of God by virtue of our faith in um, the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. Bless, Lord, your people tonight and encourage all of us, Lord, strengthen all of us so that we can continue and we can um, serve you, Lord, with joyfulness and gladness of heart. And bless your people of God. Bless the, um, uh, the men and the ladies and 
Lord, bless all the people in our church, from um, uh, the youngest to the oldest, and that continue, continue Lord, to work uh, in us through this church. And again, Lord, we commit to you our service tonight and give us the victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> the cross that is being um, shown here in uh, the people of Galatia. And again, uh, there is this expression that, you know, uh, many of us may have understood this and a little bit of, you know, we have opinion on this. Uh, but there is a biblical opinion and things. So when, when we say like this expression of the cross, what is that? What does it mean um, to have that um, expression, especially in verse number verse number 18 of our main text, which is, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. You know, we are talking here of, you know, the life-saving word, this you know, gospel that we have received from the Lord Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. The preaching of the cross is the power of God unto salvation. Now, you see here in, in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 8, is also mentioned about the cross. And it says here in this way, um, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So a while ago, we talked about the preaching of the cross. Now we have found this death of the cross. And again, in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 18. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 3, verse 18. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. So we have this enemies of the cross. Now, go to Colossians chapter 1, verse number 20. The Bible says there, And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him, I say, whether uh, they be things in earth or things in heaven. Now, again, this expression of the cross, uh, the expression of the cross uh, that, that contains the great facts and also significance. There is significance to this when we when we when we um, share the gospel, we quote this and we bring this forward to the ear of the person, hoping that this will come into his heart and understand the great significance of the cross, the the facts that's behind. What's the fact? What are the facts behind the cross? And again, it is the significance of the death and the burial of the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary. Another term that we need to also, um, I think, uh, need to understand this moment, not just the, the, the cross, but also the term we call the blood. This um, terminology also has, um, you know, significance and has, um, you know, factual basis in the Bible. In, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 13, Ephesians 2.13, But now in Christ uh, Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Now, we will carry on with that. There are so many uh, terminologies like this as we go along. Uh, um, go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 18. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 18, For as much as you know that you are not redeemed with corruptible things, a silver and gold from your vain conversation 
received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. Okay, there's uh, the term again, the, um, the, la- the blood of the lamb. And go to uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse number 7. 1 John chapter 1, verse number 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Again, the blood is there. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11. Bible says, And they <clears throat> overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Again, these expressions that we found here tonight, the expressions that refers to the unique nature and the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he made uh, all this sacrifice at the cross of Calvary. The cross, the blood, uh, these terminologies can be interchanged. Uh, whenever we, we pick the cross, we are referring to the, to the uh, suffering of Jesus Christ that saved us. And we, when we, when we um, think of the blood, the same thing is the death of the Lord Jesus Christ that saved us. So when we look at this, both of these um, terminologies refer to his death and the great purpose there and the great significance of that death. We have to understand the surrounding of that death, the reason, the purpose, the significance of that, because all of that that was done is to, to obey God the Father, his command, in order for man to be saved, in order to... Um, give man the the um, the cleansing and the, uh, you know uh, reconciliation, the work of reconciliation that Jesus Christ wrought at the cross of Calvary, and only Him can do that. There's no other person in this world that can do what Jesus Christ has done at the cross of Calvary, and therefore He is the only Savior and He is the only mediator that we have in this world. There's no other mediator because there is only one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ, Jesus, the Lord. Again, it is historically true that the Lord Jesus Christ died upon that cross. And almost everyone in this world knew it. Some people knew it, but they just brushed it aside and didn't want to think about it. And they, you know, um, uh, hardened their hearts not to believe in it. But... Whether you believe it or not, it does not diminish the fact that Jesus Christ died on that cross 2,000 years ago. Now the question is, why did he die? Why the Lord Jesus Christ had to die? Why did he die? You see? And what does it mean, um, um, his death? What does his death mean to the believer? What does it mean to us? What does it mean to you? When Jesus Christ died on the cross, Again, let us take a look at these uh, terminologies tonight and hoping that this will aid or give us uh, understanding, to aid our mind in understanding what was the, you know, the parameters of the Lord Jesus Christ's death on the cross. What is that? Number one, I want you to see this um, um, one of the seven key words tonight. The first word that we are going to look at is the word substitution. I talked about this this morning about 
the substitutionary work of the Lord Jesus Christ, that on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sin. It is our sin, not his. It is your offenses. It is my offenses that caused Jesus Christ to die on the cross. That is why that is a substitution because you are supposed to be the one to be hung on the cross. You are supposed to be the one to be killed because of your sin. I'm supposed to be the one to be killed because of that sin. But Jesus Christ took all our sins away from us to himself upon his own body and laid it there at the cross. And, and he, um, bearing our sins, died for the sins of many. That's what happened to the Lord Jesus Christ there. And that is the word substitution. And we see this in the book of Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Let's take a look at this. Galatians chapter 1. My friend, if you are saved tonight, do not belittle that salvation that you have in Jesus Christ. Because it is not cheap. Your salvation is precious. It costs the blood of God to pay for the penalty of your sins. Do not mess up your life because your life is not your, your own. Before we go to the Galatians, go to 1 Corinthians chapter um, 1, verse number 16. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. You see the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit lives in us the moment you receive Christ, which is in you, which you have of God. The Holy Spirit will not come because, you know, just because of you. The Holy Spirit came because Jesus Christ wanted him to come, which is in you, which you have of God. It is God who gave us the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, if you are saved tonight, lives in you, and He is the witness of all the things that you do. That's right. <clears throat> there is no work that you have done in this world. There is no thoughts processing on the mind that is being processed, being done in this world without Him knowing it. No imagination that the Holy Spirit is not a witness of. The Holy Spirit it is the witness of everything that you do. Things that even you do not see, that the Holy Spirit sees it. So that is why He is the witness. And wow, the Holy Spirit sees all of the evil that is being done, you know, in our lives. He said here, What know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God? And you are not your own. For ye are bought. There is a process of purchasing. There is this procurement that is being done. And the process of this procurement, my friend, it has to go through the process of shedding the blood of the Son of God. That is very serious. Your salvation is not cheap. Your salvation is so expensive. This universe cannot repay it. That is why if you are saved tonight, be serious in your salvation because God is serious in saving you. 
You are bought with a price. Know the price. What is the price? What's the what's involved in the price? Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You see, Galatians chapter 1, verse number 4. Let's take a look at these words, um, substitution. <coughs> Galatians 1, 4, and, and the words here that we need to, you know, think about is in verse number 4. It says there, who gave himself for our sins. That is the word there. Jesus Christ has no other business but two things. One is to glorify his Father in heaven. Two is to save you from your sins. That's all his business. And he was willing to offer his life so that you can have life because before he came, you have no life. You think that you are alive? No. Before Jesus Christ came to your life, you are dead. You are just waiting that last breath, then you are in the, in the place called hell. But because of God's grace, he came to you while you are alive so that you will have life. And that life is life eternal. The life that was given by Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 1. Notice this here. And ye, and you, had he quickened. Now, I want you to linger a little bit longer in that word. Quickened. The word quickened is, in other words to that, is made alive. What does it say is that indeed all of us are dead. Before Jesus Christ came to save us, we are already dead. We are still alive in the flesh, but our spirit is dead. We have no connection with God. Our signal with God is dead. If we died in the flesh, with that signal, without that signal, there is no salvation we will be found in the lake of fire. And you had he quickened. In other words, you are made alive. When, when does that happen? When you come to Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are made alive. Only at that moment, you become alive. That is why, oh, praise the Lord. I always remember what happened yesterday. What happened to that um, young man, Julius? I was so stern in him. I asked him questions that <clears throat> really, I think, um, scratches his soul. I said, if you die tonight, do you know that your soul will go to heaven? No. No idea. Why he doesn't know? Because that, that connection that connection is dead. There's no connection between him and God. But he's alive in the flesh. He has sold his body. But his spirit is dead. Now, 
You see here in, in Galatians 1 4, who gave himself for our sins, that he, the Lord Jesus, might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. You see, our sins have incurred the penalty. The sin that we have done before even we realize that it's sin, but we have done it. That is why there is no one that can be saved without Christ. Because not one person in this world is sinless. Because those people that committed sin, they don't even realize that they have sinned. Now, when we realize that we have sinned and we live our life the perfect way that is, that we can live, if we try our best to live that perfect life, we are still sinners because we have committed that sin. The sin in the past cannot be undone. What makes us sinners is because, you know, we committed sin. And that is why all of us, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned. No exception. For all have sinned and come short. Short. What is that? Separated. We are separated from God. This is God and this is man. Before we were together. And when sin arrives, split. And there is this, you know, dividing lake of fire. What divides us between us and God is this lake of fire. We live our life 10 years old, 20, 30, 35, 40, 50, 60, 70, and then we fall. Same. Every person that will arrive and will be born in this world will do the same thing. We are very far away from God because we, are, we come short of the glory of God. <coughs> There's not one righteous. There is none. That is righteous. The Bible says in verse number 10, verse number 10, as it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all become unprofitable. It is said here, um, um, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that do it good. No, not one. Their throat, their throat is an open sepulchre. With, a, with, with their tongues, um, with their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of us is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their, their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that the world may become guilty, or that, that every mouth may be stopped, and the world, and all the world may become guilty before God. All of us guilty. That is why no one can get to heaven without coming to Christ. When, when people were saying, no, I don't have really, you know, to do anything. I know uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner, but God has forgiven me. I do not know what's their basis, but we have the basis why we have, we have been forgiven. We have the basis in the scripture. What, what's the basis of forgiveness? It is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
people that will believe in him without believing in Jesus Christ there is no forgiveness John chapter 3 verse number 18 John chapter 3 verse number 18 he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already people will say oh, I will just wait you know if, if, if God, you know, if I will be in heaven, then I will be in heaven. If I will be in hell, then what can I do? I will go to hell. I will just, you know, wait for God to weigh my good deeds and my bad deeds. No, my friend. You don't go that direction because God already has a decision. Yeah. He already has a decision because of your sin, you, you will take it in the lake of fire. That's right. That is already in God's judgment. Yeah. If you sin, if you know that you sin, then come to Christ. Yep. Because do not wait for God to judge you because He already has judgment on you. Yep. He's judged already. Notice this. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Yep. That is already made judgment. That is already done judgment. And what can make a person say? Believe in Jesus Christ. Come to Christ. When you come to Jesus Christ, you are not condemned. Verse 36. Verse 36. <clears throat> he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. That's what I said a while ago. That before Jesus Christ came into your life, you are dead. You are not really living. You are dead already. But the moment that Jesus Christ came, that's what the verse came in also for um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. When you come to Christ, when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, then that Holy, that Holy Spirit came into your life. And then your dead spirit become alive. Is that here? Um, and you have been quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. The Lord quickens us. And how did he do that? How did he do that? By way of substitution. He took your sins away from you and placed it upon his own body. And he gave you his righteousness. And that is substitution. You see, there is penalty to that sin. Why? Because all in the beginning from the scripture the Lord already said that the soul that sinneth it shall die the soul that sinneth it shall die but the, 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 the best thing that happened is when Jesus Christ came and he gives us eternal life the soul that sinneth it shall die for the wages of sin is death you see <clears throat> Isaiah 53, verse number 5. We have this this morning, and several of these verses are just, you know, we heard this this morning, but this is important. Very important to understand this, you know, understanding of substitution. Isaiah 53, 5, but he, Jesus Christ, was wounded for our transgression, for my transgressions. Transgressions are sins wrongdoings, offensive to God. For he was wounded for 
our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. <clears throat> the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone and in, uh, to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 21. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin. That is substitution. Because Jesus Christ, the perfect person, sinless, no spots, no wrinkle, no unrighteousness. All in him is righteousness. And now his righteousness was taken away from him. And his righteousness was given to everyone that received him. And everyone that received him was stripped off with their unrighteousness and their sins stripped off from them and placed upon the body of Jesus Christ. That's what I said in the morning. When Jesus Christ bare the sins of the world upon the cross of Calvary, he cried unto God the Father, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And there was darkness all over the world for in the space of three hours, the Bible says. At midday, at midday, it was not the sun. You know, the sun that shines. It's not about the sun. It's not about the moon. It's not about the stars. That darkness was caused because the sun was not shining. No, that darkness was caused because God the Father turned his eyes from his son that's carrying the sins of the world upon that cross at Calvary in Golgotha, the place of the skull. Jesus Christ was there bearing the sins of the world and God cannot look upon the sins of the world and he turned aside. He turned from looking upon this world. And there was darkness all over the land. And that was the most agonizing pain that Jesus Christ had ever experienced at the cross. The most agonizing pain that it's not the piercing of his hand, not the piercing of his feet, not the thrusting, the thrusting into, his, into his side. But when God the Father, you know, turned from his son for the first time in, you know, in eternity past, there was no time in eternity that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit separated. There is no time. But at that moment when Jesus Christ cleanse the sins of the world. God the Father turned his eyes. And there was darkness all over the world in the space of three hours. You see, for he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. What's the purpose? What's the purpose? That we, that's us, everyone that believes in Christ, that's us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. It cannot be by anyone. In Him, in the Lord Jesus. Those people that should, they should come to Jesus. They can, it cannot be in another. 
that we might be made the righteousness, the righteousness of God in the Baptist. No, it's not the Baptist. It's not the Catholic, it's not Presbyterian, it's not Methodist. It is in Him, in Christ. It is the Lord Jesus Christ and Christ alone. No one can get to the Father without Him. In John chapter 14, verse number 6, said he, then, then Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. You cannot get to heaven because you are good. Right. Oh, I'm a good father. I provide well with my children. Oh, I'm a good mother. I, 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 I supported my husband well. Oh, I'm a good child. I, 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 I respect my parents. It's not about it. You cannot get to heaven by the means of your good works or your good deeds. Yeah. You cannot get to heaven if you just trust the good deeds that you have done. Because getting to heaven, there's only one way. And in fact, Jesus Christ said it, I am the way. Yeah. When he said this, um, you know, a, a definite article, when he said, when he used this definite article, the, in English, you can tell that there's no other. This is specific, and it's, there's no other. If the Lord Jesus Christ used the word, our way, that means there's another way here, another way. This is just one of the, way, uh, of the ways. So that means you can find another way. But because that he uses the definite article, the, there's no other way. Yep. It's only him. Yep. I am the way. And notice again, the truth. Yep. Now, yep. Pastor, are you saying that the Muslims cannot be saved? Just understand it. Yep. Just, just look at it. Whether Jesus Christ is lying yep. or he's telling the truth. Yep. Wow. That's that's hard. Of course, many people will say that's hard. Yep. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yep. In other words, even you are alive today and you do not have Christ, you are not alive. You're living. You are dead. Because people who do not have Christ is dead. They will be separated eventually from God. You see, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. First Peter chapter 2, verse number 24. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins. You see that? These people that said we being dead to sins, they are alive in the flesh. But they are dead. People who do not have Christ is dead. We being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Substitution. Now, another word that we, we, we will look at tonight is the word identification. On the cross, not only did the Lord Jesus die for us, but we also died with him. There is this big, big struggle and fight and war and battle against the flesh, against the old nature. But here we will find that um, as the Lord Jesus Christ 
died, we also died with him. Uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20. This is what Apostle Paul said. And this is, this is what happened to his life, is that he, when he, comes, when he comes to Christ, he already considered his life dead to, to the world, dead to sin, dead to anything unrighteousness. He said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This is identification. When you are, if you are a Christian tonight, you are you identify yourself with Christ. That is why he, for the first instance of the word, we are Christians because of Christ. We are Christians because the meaning Christian is a person that is indwelt by Christ. A person that is resided, you know, by Christ. That is why he's a Christian. Because Christ lives in him. Now, today, in our culture, in our time, Christian has become a religion. People become Christian, people become Christian without relationship. My friend, you cannot be a Christian without a personal relationship to Christ. And a lot of people claiming to be Christian that they do not know Christ. They are a Christian because they are raised in a Christian home. They are a Christian because, you know, they, they, they read a Christian book, the Bible. They are a Christian because they know a lot of Christian people. They are a Christian because, you know, their workmates are, are Christians. <laughs> they are Christians because um, they, are, they marry in a Christian church. They are Christians because they are baptized in a Christian church. No. You are not a Christian because um, of you. You are a Christian because of what you do to Jesus. When you receive Jesus Christ, when you make when you make that decision to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that makes you a Christian. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I hope that everyone does that. Again, the death of Jesus Christ upon that cross of Calvary was God's judgment upon the old creation. God judged the old creation and the Lord Jesus Christ died as our representative there so that he can make everything new. And thus, we who form part of, of the old creation and who now believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we die with him. We are identified with the Lord Jesus. And you see, our identification in the Lord Jesus Christ is not really our baptism. Our identification of Jesus Christ, the ultimate identification that we have in Jesus Christ is the reception of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we receive the Holy Spirit, that is where we are identified with the Lord Jesus. But again, um, we manifest that, we, we, we manifest that, or we demonstrate that a relationship that we have in Christ by way of baptism, by way of communion, uh, uh, Lord's Supper, we, we show it to people. But actually, the first instance of our identification is our receiving of the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior.
And you see, um, this is what the apostle meant when um, looking back to the cross, he wrote, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. You see, in, in effect, he's saying really that my, my own sinful self was nailed to the cross when Jesus Christ died for me. So that was his, you know, um, 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 proclamation of his identification with Christ. Now, if you turn your Bibles to the book of Romans, in the book of Romans, chapter 6, and notice how clearly this truth is brought out in verse uh, chapter 6, verse number 2. <clears throat> chapter 6 of the book of Romans, verse number 2, God forbid, our start verse number 1, he said, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? In other words, we died to that sin. How come that we are still enjoying that sin? How can a person, how can a dead person enjoy anything? That is why here, Apostle Paul was, whoa, I'm surprised. What, what are these people doing? You see, uh, um, we died to that sin, and in verse number 3, notice that, verse number 3, uh, knowing that, that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death, we are identified with Him. And you see, uh, we are baptized into His death. Identification. And buried into death, verse number 4, He said, Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death. That like as Christ also was raised up from the dead by the glory of the fathers, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Verse number five. Verse number five. Not just that we are buried into death, but also in verse number five it says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. In other words, we are united with him um, like this in his death. We are united with Christ. Verse number six. Verse number six. Um, it says, um, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Amen. Now jump to verse number 11. Verse number 11. It says, Likewise, reckon. Now, think about this or consider this. This is the word reckon. Uh, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is our life now. Jesus Christ is living in us. In other words, we are to believe God's testimony what the Lord has done. At the cross of Calvary. When he died, you know, we died with him. We identified with him. We died upon this world. That is why, you know, again, Apostle Paul <clears throat> gave us a lot of this, um, um, uh, you know, um, things for us to realize. When he said, in, I think it's in Col- Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. He said, verse number 1. Uh, 
He says, verse number one, if you then be risen in Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ seated in the right hand of God. Set your affections on the things above, not the things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. You see, identification, substitution. Number three, number three, the word redemption. Redemption that is on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ died to redeem His people. It's us to redeem us from the curse of the law. There is a curse. There is this, you know, um, um, you know, consequences to our sin, and that is the penalty of the penalty of the curse of the law. Again, Galatians chapter three. If you go there. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 13. Galatians 3, verse 13. <clears throat> Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hung on a tree. <coughs> Jesus Christ is not supposed to be cursed. Because in him is no darkness at all. In him is no unrighteousness. Therefore, he's not supposed to be cursed. But because our sins are now upon his own body, he took our punish punishment away from us. And he bare that uh, punishment at the cross of Calvary. And he was cursed. He was cursed because of our sin. Chapter 4, Galatians chapter 4, verse number 4 and 5. Galatians 4, verse number 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, <coughs> made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Remember this morning's um, choir song. The, the song of the choir, it says that we are adopted by God. And that is true because that is in the Bible. We are not really naturally children of God. We are all, you know, sinners and, and we are all uh, condemned to hell. All of us. Not one will be accepted. But because Jesus Christ came, that's what happened to John Romans, I mean John chapter 1, verse number 12. John 1, 12. That is the reason why we are no longer children of the devil. But as many as, not all, notice the word, as many. But as many as received him, Jesus Christ, to them gave the power to become the sons of God. He said here, to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of, but of God. Amen. All people in this world, do not be mistaken this, because you might be wondering why uh, all of us are uh, children of the devil. All of us are children of the devil by default. Why? Because all of us are sinners. We are all children of the devil by default, but because Christ loves us, he came and he snatched us away from the devil's hand. 
There are two spiritual families in this world. Two spiritual families. One is a sp two spiritual fathers. One is God, not a body. Number two is the devil. Where is that, Pastor? John chapter 8, verse number 44. He is also a father, but he's a covert. Covert, he's hiding. He's hiding his fatherhood. Satan is a father of this, you know, of this world. Ye are of your father the devil. In fact, Jesus Christ is red. That is red. That's coming from the mouth of Jesus Christ. And he is speaking to the spiritual leaders in Jerusalem. He was speaking and rebuking them. Because they have not understood God. They have not understood the Bible. They have not understood Christ. And they are leaders of the Bible. I mean, leaders of the religion. They are leaders of the people. And they lead the people to believe in God, to serve God. And yet, they do not serve God correctly. And Jesus Christ said to them, Ye are of your father the devil, and the last of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Satan is the father of all the people in this world. Until Jesus Christ came to each and every person, and that is John 1.12 came around. But as many as received him, to them gave him power to become. Now, I, I want to magnify the word to become because they, will, they, did not, they were not, first and foremost, children of God. They become children of God the moment that they come to Christ. Yeah. We become children of God the moment we come to Christ. Because by default, we are all children of the devil. You see, again, there are two spiritual fathers. God is a number one, and the devil is number two. But again, do not be mistaken, all of us are created by God. But not all of us are children of God. We can only become children of God when we come to Christ. And that is by way of adoption. That's the song this morning. Adoption is what happened there. We are adopted because God only has one and only begotten Son. There's no other Son. Only Jesus Christ is the begotten Son. But all of us become children of God by adoption. All of us are adopted by God. Because we are not naturally children of God. So you have to understand that, separate that, you know, we are created by God. God is our creator. Satan created nothing. <laughs> he does not create anything. But God created us. But Satan, you know, tempted our first parents and snatched us away from God. And all of us become sinners. Romans 5.12. Romans 5.12. So you understand this. I will linger a little bit here, but I want you to understand this, um, why what happened to us, why we are children of the devil. Is it? Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. And what happened next? Death by sin. Death, that means separation from God. Because it started from him, from our forefather, Adam. Adam was taken, so all the children of Adam separated from God. 
As by one man, sin entered into the world. And death by sin. So death passed upon all men, including you and me today. 7.8 billion people. All of us taken captive by Satan. That is why a person that will think that, oh, God will just judge me, you know, if I go to heaven or not. No, my friend, you are already judged by God. You need to come to Christ. Yeah. Come to Christ. There's yeah. no other way. Yeah. See? Death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. You see, redemption, we are cursed by the law. And Jesus Christ took that curse. It was a very brave attempt. It was a very brave act of the Son of God to take that sin. You don't remember when he took the sin? God cannot die. There's no way that God can die. But Jesus Christ, he took away our sins from us. And he when he took our sin, and the sin had to be paid. And you know, for the wages of sin is death. God cannot supposed to die. Jesus Christ is God. But he took our sin, so he died. But the good thing with that, the, the blessedness of this, <coughs> Jesus Christ, although he had a lot of sins there, he took the sins of the world upon his own body. When he went to hell, he, did he really go to hell? Yes, he went to hell. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse number, I think, 12, um, 13, oh, verse number 9, I think verse number 9, 8, 8, 8. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended, he, that means Jesus Christ, ascended, that means went up to heaven. He ascended. But there's a reason why he ascended. That, but wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. And I believe hell is there. He went to hell. He took all our sins away from us and he dove into hell. And in hell, he stayed there for three days, three nights. I believe he was in pain. He was in pain in hell because that's the payment of our sin. The good thing with him is that the sins that he carried with him is not his own. There's none of his own. He had no sin of his own. Therefore, yeah. when that sin was consummated there, he cannot stay there. He has, he has no place in hell. So therefore, he has to go out. Because he has no sin of his own. Yeah. Now, the bad thing is us will go there because all sins must be paid for. You cannot sin and then not pay it. You have to pay it. But then by the grace of God, Jesus Christ offered you. Okay, give me your sin. If you do not give me your sin, you will pay it in the lake of fire. Okay, I can do it. Now when you go there, if you will go there, not Christ, if you will go there, you cannot get out. 
That is why Jesus Christ is the perfect Savior. He is the Savior of our soul. Because He took our sins away. He paid the penalty. He cried the, the pain. He, he even cried at the agony of pain in, in, in Calvary. And he, he cried the agony of pain in health. But three days after three nights, get out because he has no, no sin of his own. That is why Jesus Christ is the Savior. And you cannot attempt to pay your sins by your own. Do not attempt that because you will be entrapped in hell and you cannot get out. But Jesus Christ is the perfect person to go to hell because he has no sin of his own. And again, he redeemed us. He purchased us. He purchased our own redemption. He did it and he, he wrought the work at, at Calvary and he perfected it. In um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse number Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 10. It said here, by the which will, by the which will, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. He will not do it again. Remember, Jesus Christ, when he offered his body to pay the penalty of the sins of the world, he will not do it again. Oh, pastor, there were many sins that were done maybe in that offering of Jesus Christ. That was 2,000 years ago. But what about now, 2,000 years after, there's a lot of people and a lot of sins. Jesus Christ has to go there again. No, no, no. Jesus Christ will never do it again. What he has done, he has done once and for all. Amen. Only once. He said, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest, and this is the difference now. Every priest, that means in the Catholic Church, every day there is services. They serve God. They, serve, they, they, make, they make masses. And the mass is there, they will forgive sins of the people. No, the Bible says they cannot forgive sins. The masses in the churches cannot forgive sins. Is it here? And every priest standeth daily, ministering and offering, oftentimes, three times a day, four times a day, every hour there's a mass. All over the world there's a mass. And I said here, oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Never. So the masses in the churches cannot take away sins. But verse number 12 is our text. But this man, Jesus Christ, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. That sacrifice is once and for all forever. No more repeats. That's the only ones. They said here. After he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Verse number 14, again, I think I read this this morning. Verse number 14. For by one offering, not two, not three, not many, just one offering, he said, he had perfected. The offering of Jesus Christ is perfect for the salvation of your soul. You don't have to add to it. You don't have to do anything about it. Let that uh, um, uh, offering of Jesus Christ to work miracles in your life. He said here, for by one offering he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. With the word forever is before, you know, uh, before Jesus Christ came into this world and during his 
you know, arrival to this world and after the arrival of Jesus Christ from this, um, in this world. In other words, it covers from the beginning to the ending. That one sacrifice of Jesus Christ, it covers, it can forgive the sins of the past, the sins of the present, and the sins of the future. It covers because it is a perfect sacrifice. It is acceptable to God. Redemption. There's another word that we need to go through and quickly. The word is persecution. Now the word on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ died a shameful, shameful death. And all who follow Jesus Christ in this life will also suffer persecution. That's what guarantee. That is a guarantee. Especially uh, Paul said that to Timothy. Um, everyone that will um, live uh, godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And Galatians chapter 5 verse number 11. Galatians 5 11. And I brethren, uh, if I preach circumcision, why do you suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. You see, because the cross, the preaching of the cross is an offense. People don't like to hear it. People hate it. They don't want the cross to be preached. Yeah. You see, because the cross is an offense to the natural man. Those people who do not know Christ, those people who are not saved, they are offended with that cross. Yeah. They don't like that cross. And again, those people who love it and preach it, for sure, they will suffer persecution. When the Apostle Paul um, went to the, a place called Corinth, and he tells these people about, he tells the people about what he found there in the preaching of the cross, I will tell you what happened there. To the Jewish people, it is a stumbling block. They hated it. They don't like it. They don't like to hear Christ. They don't like to hear, um, you know, uh, the crucifixion and all that, because to them, it is a myth. It doesn't exist. It did not happen. It is a hoax. So they just don't like to hear about it. To the to the Jews, it is a stumbling block, and to the to the Greek, it is uh, to them, you know, um, uh, it's not acceptable to them. Galatians three thirteen, Galatians three thirteen, because this crucifixion was the most degrading form of punishment. They don't like it. In verse number 13, Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that bring, that hangeth on a tree. It is therefore very obvious, my friends, that those of us who are identified with the Lord Jesus, with the cross of the Lord Jesus, uh, are persecuted. And you and I must be willing to share the offense of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we go through persecution, so be it. Because that is, you know, really the, 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 our trademark. Or that is our, the thread of our uh, existence in this world. That is our DNA. Christian people are persecuted. And that is the way it is. But there will be an end of all this persecution when the Lord Jesus Christ will come and He will judge this world and all of us will be reigned uh, by Him and when He comes. Um, and His coming is very soon. So therefore, all we need to do is, you know, um, um, I told you in, I think, First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 16. Uh, 13 to start with, 13. First <clears throat> Thessalonians, uh, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, 
um, that everyone of you should know. Okay, uh, good. 13, brother, 13, 13. Um, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, asleep those people who died in Christ, asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, <coughs> with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, <coughs> and the dead in Christ shall rise first. <coughs> Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with his word. The Lord Jesus will come. And his coming is very soon. So there will be persecution, but this is just a short step, short period. <clears throat> Do not worry about persecution. It's worrisome. It's concerning, but... <clears throat> There's, that's not going to last very long. Another word that we are going to see tonight is separation. <clears throat> separation. On the cross, the Lord Jesus died for us that we might have deliverance. We have become separated from a sinful nature. That is now the war between ourselves. This, there is war in us. Because the presence of the Holy Spirit will impose a lot of restrictions there, um, if that is the right word to say. But the Holy Spirit is coming from God and it is holy. <clears throat> Therefore, it requires holiness. But our flesh is unruly and, you know, um, um, self-serving. So therefore, if you allow the flesh to rule your life, then you will be led by the flesh. And if you are led in the flesh, that's carnality. That means death in the end. But if you allow the Holy Spirit of God um, to lead you, then you will have life eternal. So here in Galatians 2.20, um, we will see this verse, this verse because um, this is what Apostle Paul has demonstrated in his own personal walk with God. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live in, uh, by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In, in Galatians 5.24, the Apostle Paul said this. Galatians 5.24 And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. They, the Bible says in other uh, words, in, in, I think in Colossians chapter 5, verse number 1, uh, we have to mortify. The word mortify, uh, sorry, chapter four, verse, um, chapter three, verse number one. Is it three one? Ah uh, no. Um, uh, um, mortify therefore your members which are upon earth, fornication, the, all those kind of things. Then Apostle Paul said, uh, you have to put to death. 3.5 You have to put to death that affection, that lust put to death do not allow do not allow um, that 
there is this um, rulership of flesh in your in your life because if you allow it, then you will suffer defeat. Mortify therefore your members. Do not allow. That means put to death. You know, put it to a stop. Put to death um, your affections and lust. And that is, my friend, is the Holy Spirit working in your life. And um, there are times in your in your in your personal uh, walk with the Lord, and you are tempted to open this prohibited uh, things like um, maybe pornography. Oh, I hope and pray that there's it's none of your phone in your in your computers, in your tablet, in your laptop. There is nothing like that that can uh, defile your body, defile your your mind. And take it away, away from you. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Do not allow that uh, it is present there, because the Lord, um, the Lord will not be magnified. The Lord will be, um, will be, um, you know, um, you will be, you will be in bad um, position with the Lord. The blessing of the Lord will depart. The favor of God will depart from your life. And I don't want that to happen to me. And I don't want that to happen to you. That, that the favor of God will depart from you. And here, the cross, my friend, is... The cross is will, will cause separation. We are separated um, unto the Lord. And we are separated from the world. And therefore, this sinful nature will be delivered from us. And now no place with us. Because the Lord has um, caused this at the cross of Calvary. And another thing that um, we, we, we are going to uh, see is that the exaltation. At the end of our life, the Lord will be glorified. And that is exactly what God wants to happen. That you and I will be, <clears throat> will be glorified uh, when the Lord Jesus Christ will come. If you go to Galatians chapter 6, verse number 14, I will just end from here because um, there's still a few uh, points, but... Um, our time is really um, now over time now. We will um, close shortly. Galatians 6, verse number 14. Galatians 6, 14. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Be separate from, be ye separated from um, the world and the Lord Jesus Christ um, will help us and he will deliver us from this evil present world the present world that we are living in is so evil and and uh, he will do Satan will do everything and he will stop at nothing just to take you and take you away from the Lord but the Lord Jesus Christ that lives in us he will help us and he will um, help you get through the finish line. And then when Jesus Christ comes, uh, when he will be glorified, you also will be glorified with him. There are still two points to go, but I cannot go there. Uh, we really ran out of time. But uh, we thank the Lord for uh, the learning that we have tonight about separation, about persecution, about redemption, and about identification uh, with the Lord. And this the word substitution. Uh, again, if you have some questions, um, raise it to me. And because I'm not finished, so there might be some questions. So let me know, and we will uh, discuss uh, those things. All right. Let's bow in prayer. Let's uh, come to the Lord and to thank Him for what He has done today. 
what he has done uh, in our lives uh, through his word, the working of God and the working of the Holy Spirit. We just praise him. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for um, what you have done to us. Thank you, Father, that you have been so faithful. And tonight, Lord, uh, we learn things that uh, will, will just solidify, uh, Lord, our walk with you. And Lord, thank you for the strengthening of um, our faith uh, through your word. And I pray, oh God, that we will understand all these uh, things that we have heard and things, Lord, uh, about our, our Christian walk. That, Lord, you will uh, enable us to grow and that, Lord, uh, all of us will be able also to share our knowledge of uh, the gospel to other people. And thank you, Lord, for the salvation of souls. Thank you for the provisions of faith that our, um, our brothers have, have uh, received and, uh, and the sisters, Lord, that have received uh, your gospel. I pray, O oh God, that you allow them to grow and you will allow them, Lord, to be fruitful in their Christian walk. And Lord, I pray that you will not allow Satan to take away the seeds that were sown in the life of these people, but allow it to grow, God, so that these people also can be a blessing to the people around them, and that, that Lord, the gospel uh, might be uh, able to spread uh, to uh, the loved ones of uh, these uh, friends that we have um, shared the gospel with. Bless, Lord, once again, our, our church. Bless the uh, people in our church that have... Um, uh, been so devoted to the service of your name and Lord continue to provide the needs of your people thank you Father for your goodness once again thank you for all the people that have come tonight thank you for your um, grace and your mercy upon us Lord continue to protect our homes continue to protect our families oh God continue Lord to provide us all our needs and keep us away from evil protect us from all harms and bless Lord uh, our people and recover us once again in the next appointed time. Bless all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <coughs>